This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 609 with Elizabeth Milovidov. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 609. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Dr. Elizabeth Milovidov is a lawyer from California, a law professor in Paris, France, and a digital safety consultant in Europe. Using her European-American focus on internet, technology, and social media issues, she researches solutions to empower parents to guide their children in the digital age. She is the founder of Digital M, a website and community with resources and strategies for parents. Currently, she's an independent consultant for the Council of Europe Children's Rights and Education Departments, Microsoft Digital Safety, Family Online Safety Institute Digital Parenting, and E-Enfance Child Online Protection. She's an international speaker on digital parenting and safety, and her work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the BBC, France 24, Huffington Post, Internet Matters, and other media outlets and organizations focused on child online safety. I met Elizabeth at an event a few months ago and immediately knew I wanted to have her on the show. We hit it off very quickly, and I'm so excited that she said yes, especially given the huge time change to figure out an interview between Seattle and Paris. But we did it. We made it happen, and it was an amazing conversation. Listen in to hear Elizabeth share how she went from being a lawyer to digital safety consulting, the grief and growth that motherhood presented her, what digital parenting looks like, what are connected conversations and how to have connected conversations with your kids, why 13 is the recommended minimum age for kids to get on social media, and why it should perhaps be 23 if we want it to be aligned with full brain development, the one question you should go ask your kids about the internet right now, how to create space for your child to thrive in the digital environment while keeping risks lower, and how to create a culture of shared responsibility around your children's digital use rather than relying on policing them online. Oh my goodness, there's going to be some great notes to be taken in this conversation. You might want to listen in more than once. I'm so grateful for Elizabeth for coming on the show and talking to us about such a hot topic, such a needed topic. So with all that said, let's welcome Elizabeth Milovidov to the Shameless Mom Academy. Elizabeth, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my goodness. I am more excited. This is going to be so much fun. 
I have to tell people how we met because this is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> we sat together at, it was my first event post pandemic. I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but it was my first live event. in you know, since the pandemic started, um, we were at a small event, shout out to Megan Stevenson, a small event for people who might want to write books. And we yes. sat next to each other and you handed me your two books. And then we were immediately friends forever. So. <laughs> exactly. Because I knew that you were a mom who was interested. And I was like, yay. Oh my gosh. It was so fun sitting next to you. And we talked for like 30 seconds and I was like, oh, you need to come on the podcast. So here we are. I'm so excited. And as soon as you said you need to, I was like, I'm there. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We did have to figure out, we should tell people you're in Europe. So we did have to figure out like time change and remind me, you're in Paris, right? Yeah. I'm in Paris, France. And in fact, I even flew out there, especially for that little two day weekend retreat that we did because I thought it was so special. And look at the results. You know, it's like you make these Herculean efforts and then like all these wonderful sparkly things happen, like meeting you and coming on the Shameless Mom Academy. I know. It's so fun. I love it so much. I was so impressed when you were like, yeah, I just flew from Paris to Seattle. No big deal for a couple of days. For- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, it, it wasn't a big deal. You, you sleep on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or try or pretend. <laughs> right. And any new mom and remembers these things. So you, we can do everything. We're yes. superpowers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. So what is really cool is just this whole idea that I started off as a lawyer and then, you know, I've been doing this online stuff. And what I'm most excited about this moment, this moment is having created Digital M, Digitalm, which is kind of this website hub that has all of my resources and ideas to help parents and just, you know, free stuff. Just come on. I really need to help parents because this is what has always been driving me, whether I was sitting in, in meetings, you know, at governments or at Facebook, Instagram, what have you. I'm like, where are the parents? Somebody Mm -hmm. needs to talk to the parents about, you know, all of the stuff that's happening. You know, even now we've got the metaverse coming and it's just like, okay, parents. Yeah. Parents, (laughs) come on. It's so overwhelming. Exactly. And so that has always been my thing to take the overwhelming and to kind of simplify it and spit it out in total parent-friendly, digestible chunks. So that way we can, you know, just rock this stuff. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you went from being a lawyer to doing online safety consulting. And I have to mention before you start that when I, (laughs) there's so many lawyers that I've interviewed, not that I've interviewed so many lawyers, but (laughs) all the lawyers I have interviewed, like none of them practice law anymore. (laughs) They're like, I was a lawyer at one time, but I decided to do something totally different. (laughs) I was going to say ding, ding, ding for all future law students, you know, take note, take note. (laughs) Not that people regret becoming lawyers or, but like, I mean, many people still carry that with pride, but they're like, yeah, I learned that wasn't for me. So go ahead and tell us your journey from one to the other. Yeah, well, that's ex- exactly it, 100%. And I would tell everybody who's in law school, stay in law school, get that law degree. It is invaluable, but it's also true that you can do so many things with it. So I was a lawyer in uh, San Francisco. I'm originally from San Diego and I'm very tall, as you remember, I'm six yes. foot one. And so as I went into my law firm and wanting to do international business, anything that was international just got me all tingly. And they said, oh, six foot one, yeah, litigator. And so they sent mm. me to the court and I was like, no. Anyway, so shortly after that, I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. So I left in my fourth year, saved money to come to Europe. I just always wanted to live in France. No, I didn't speak French. No, I didn't know French law. So for all of the entrepreneur people who are like, you know, this is the craziest dream ever. I'm like, just give it a try. And that's exactly what I said to myself. I said, I can always come back. I can always go back to California and be a lawyer. And so I just, you know, jumped out, came out here, learned French law, you know, got a job. I mean, I also, I make it sound so simple, but I mean, I was crying. I was like totally yeah. depressed saying this is, this is horrible. I'm never going to learn how to speak the language. Oh, what a major but, life transition. <laughs> well, completely. But you know, that's like the best things, right? It's like, when, what is that talk about the caterpillar becoming the butterfly, right? And yeah. that, you know, you're suffering to get through and then you have these beautiful wings. And so, you know, it was sort of that suffering, learning the language, trying to find my place culturally as an African-American woman in Europe, 
And I ended up working in a company and then uh, in the legal department as a lawyer. Again, that's the reason why it's so great to have that law degree. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted to transfer me. Long story short, I ended up moving to the South of France and working in a internet and new technology company. Had no idea. They just wanted somebody who spoke English. And I'm like, this sounds so cool. It sounds like the future. I love Star Trek. Why not? (laughs) You know, what year was this? This was in, um, oh gosh, I'm going to say 2000. So the internet was like kind of new. It was definitely very new. And so that was like, if you had email, you were pretty fancy. And yeah. And we had internet mail, internet at the law firm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am like such a hacker. I can like send a message to someone. Right. Who's sitting on the other side of the wall. Exactly. Exactly. But anytime I was like new technology, oh my gosh, I remember having my crush on Dirk Benedict and in Battlestar Galactica and I am living this and doing it. And so I just, you know, threw my heart in it and fell in love with all all of this future stuff. And, you know, then I got married and was trying to figure out, you know, where we were going to live, what we were going to do. We moved back up to Paris and then I started a family. And one of the things that happens here in France, and so I am going to tell my age, proudly so, is that it's really hard in Europe. I had my son when I was 38 and I thought I could stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom for two or three years. And then trying to get back into the workplace at after 40, it was really hard. Yeah. I mean, beyond hard. It's and so also in the U S <laughs> Oh, really? I thought it would see, and it just seems like, you know, like anything is possible over there and here it was really, really difficult. And we I said, say okay. anything is possible. <laughs> okay. We say you can come live the American dream. No, there's all <laughs> sorts of barriers for moms to get back into the workplace. Oh, 100%. Honestly, this is my San Diego lingo coming out, but that really sucks because I mean, it's just already so difficult for us. And then, you know, you have this professional life, you have this career, and then you take a little break as I did. And I really wanted to, to stay home. And so I did, I stayed home with my first son for about a year and a half. And then I was like, okay, what else can I do so I can stay at home and also, you know, keep my finger in the pie, so to speak with legal. And Mm -hmm. so I started teaching and teaching law and teaching law in English and the American legal system. And all of this stuff, but you know, I still loved this link with internet and law. Then I had my one child, and then a second child, and then I had started doing a PhD program since I was a stay-at-home mom. I was like, I like studying, and I like part-time this and that. Yeah, so I, yeah, why not throw that in there? So I um, ended up doing a PhD, and what was cool in English? Okay, so Sarah, seriously, you're sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, did her PhD in French?" No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, any PhD gets a lot of kudos. But what was really fun was that I did it in this, I started in 2005 and the topic was how you could go onto Google and you could type adopt baby and you would get photo listings. And this looked just like, you know, kind of, you know, singles website, so to speak, where you would have a picture of a baby and you could take your mouse and you could hover over a country. You could, you know, say that you wanted a blue eyed baby or, or, you know, whatever dark haired baby. And I was like, where is the transparency? Where's the home study approval for these babies Mm -hmm. and and these children? And do they know that their images are out there? And, and then even beyond that was, you know, look at the rich countries that are receiving these children and the poor countries that are sending and look at this commercialization, online commercialization. So I just went crazy in this area, fell in love with the online world and internet, children's rights, online safety. How can we protect children. And after that, it was game over for me. And I finished my dissertation in 2011. Since then, it's been 10 years of just going out. I created my own consulting practice where anything to do with digital parenting, keeping children safe online, I'm all over it. So there you go. That's what I did. Oh my gosh. What a journey. That was very fun to hear about. I want to talk about how motherhood impacted your professional journey. So you talk about, I mean, there was these phases of growth that were definitely spurred by motherhood in terms of, I'm going to be at home and why not just grab a PhD while I'm here? (laughs) So, but I'm curious if, was it becoming a mom yourself that gave you this heightened sensitivity to like seeing these babies pictures online and seeing this need for internet safety and seeing this need for protecting children online? 
Well, yes and no. And it's funny, I'm going to take your question in two senses, because when you said growth, I also was ready for you to say grief, because I felt Mm. like there were two things, you know, becoming a mother also meant sort of losing that identity that Mm. I had at that time of being general counsel. And so I did have a little bit of professional grief about that, about wondering about my identity. Who am I, you know, beyond being a mom, a wife, a great friend, a fun party girl, but I was no longer the general counsel or the lawyer. Um, And so that was difficult, but the growth part, I mean, obviously motherhood impacted so many of my choices. I have to admit, I was that kid in San Diego where anytime, you know, you know, those commercials that I'm talking about where they say, you know, for just $1 a day, you can support, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was the one saying, mom, mom. So, you know, supporting kids has always been my thing. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how I was going to be able to do it. And because as I said, internet just became this new, new thing and seeing that no one knew what they were doing. And quite frankly, Sarah, people still don't, right? You know, we're getting ready to go off into the metaverse. And I'm like, wait a minute, we haven't even fixed the internet. We haven't even made sure that, you know, you can create an account, you can click all the right buttons and no one will bother you. We haven't assured that fact yet. So I'm like, metaverse, let's wait. So So you're all Mark. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Slow it big time. So yeah, so motherhood for sure. And it makes it so much more fun now because I have two boys and, you know, I'm playing with them. I'm, you know, listening to their stories and how they deal with social media and internet and, and what's happening at schools. And I mean, and how they feel deal with girls and what's happening with them online and the pressure. Oh my gosh, the pressure. There's so much more pressure, Sarah, than, you know, when you and I were in school, you know, maybe it was, okay, who's going to ask us to the homecoming dance, you know, or what am I going to wear in school on Monday? Or am I going to go to the roller rink or all that kind of fun stuff? It's completely different now. It is, you know, who has the most likes? Mm -hmm. Do you think you could possibly be an influencer? And so, you know, I mean, parents, I want, one of the things that I really want to stress is that parents can completely and totally do this. I just think that they don't believe that they can. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of like my professional mission as a mom. Actually, it's kind of like motherhood, right? We have children and we're like, oh my gosh, I remember coming home with my first child and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to help me, right? Somebody's going to yeah. tell me what to do. <laughs> right, right. Or it's going to just innately, like you you feel like you're supposed to have this innate sense. And you're like, I'm not feeling my intuition here. Nope, I'm not. And I remember even breastfeeding and I was like taking notes. I'm like, okay, left side and then right side. Okay. Got it. Got it. Write this down. You know, and it's just like, come on. And, uh, you know, and taking the temperature of the bath. And I had friends later who were like, you didn't just put your elbow in to test the water. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm like, no temperature. We all did things. We all had like the weird thing that we did. And then Cause we didn't know. And we, we thought it was, know. we were like, I guess this is how you do it. And then afterwards you're like, wait, what, how did I, why? <laughs> exactly. But that is precisely my point with my professional journey now is that yeah. my own way of dealing with motherhood of not knowing anything and kind of figuring it out and asking other parents, asking mm-hmm. other moms and just saying, you know what, I've got this, you know, that is what I'm trying to do now in my professional journey with digital parenting and digital motherhood, because really that's what we're talking about. This yeah, is where really. so much is happening. I love it. And oh my gosh, so, yeah, so, where so much is happening. <laughs> this episode is supported by my very own 2022 plan and prep pajama party. Oh my goodness. There is a buzz in the air. You might think it's the holidays. It's not. It's actually the fourth annual plan and prep pajama party. Okay, just kidding. It's also the holidays. <laughs> I'll share a little. So we have our fourth annual plan and prep pajama party coming up on Saturday, January 15th. This is a virtual workshop slash pajama party where you show up online in your pajamas and you will build your simple yet strategic 2022 action plan to guide your most positive, powerful, and purposeful year ever. Yes, you can actually come up with an action plan even when the world continues to be very uncertain. And actually, it's more critical now than ever because this will bring you peace of mind and help you feel a sense of power as you decide what you are going to proactively go after in the next year. You don't have to wait for the world to happen to you. Instead, you can go make plans and the world will continue to happen around you and you will have a plan to fall back on as the world 
continues to spin, sometimes out of control. So when you have that plan, you always have a place to refer back when things go sideways. And of course, like any year, some things are going to go sideways because they always do. But when you have a plan, you know what routes you are returning to. And when you have a strategy, you know what the next right step is, even when you are in chaos. So I want you to join me on January 15th. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party, you can get all the deets. I will tell you that in this workshop, this workshop, we have three sessions. So we have a session where you're prepping for priming and permission. This is where we really get you set up to kick off the new year, giving you permission to identify what you really want out of the year, kind of step around or stomp right on some conventional ideas and get those out of the way. Like never mind old school New Year's resolutions. We're going to do things a different way. The second session, we make it meaty and meaningful. In this session, you actually design your action plan with specific action steps to be taken throughout the year at specific times. And then in the session, the third session, we create connections and community for you where we really help you look at where are your people and how can you be connected to them? And why is that so important? This workshop, like I said, it's in its fourth year. People keep coming back for more because it has so much power in helping people frame out a year and also act into that year, live into that year in a way that's really, really purposeful and creates excellent, outstanding results. So I want you to pop on over to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party to get yourself signed up. You can get early bird pricing right now. So go grab your spot today. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. 
when you talk about like kids being invested in likes on social media and the potential of whether or not they could become an influencer. And so my son is nine. He's not on social media. He's starting to know he has a bit of a sense of like, there's this thing called likes. And he's asked me a couple of times, like, mom, how many followers do you have? Or do, how many likes? Yeah. And I just like, I don't let him see any of my stuff. I'm never like, here's my Instagram page. And like, you can, I just am like, I don't know how many followers I have. I don't know how many, I just really put it off. But I also know that I have this really limited window that I can keep doing that because he's going to, you know, soon be old enough that he has friends on social and that they're having more conversations about this. So I want to move into the conversation piece because I know you talk about connected conversations. So what are connected conversations and how can we have connected conversations with our kids? Yeah. So using your own example, right? With your nine-year-old, I completely agree with you, you know, that it's hardcore. My own 12 and 14-year-old, I think my 14-year-old, he only has a TikTok and that's because he likes to see the educational hacks, which is kind of fun, even when he shows me things. And so, you know, when we're talking about these things, for me as a lawyer, I'm always like 13. Okay. That's your social media. And really that's it. And, you know, we can talk about all the different reasons why that age is there in the United States and in Europe, but more importantly with your nine-year-old. And again, there are here in Europe, there are seven-year-olds that I know that are on Instagram and I've gone into these classrooms and I'm like, why do you have an Instagram account? What are you posting? Not judgmental at all. Just asking why and what. And they said, oh, I'm just posting pictures of myself, you know, and my mom knows. And, and I'm like, okay, So that's one thing. So realizing that even though your son is nine, he might already be thinking about Instagram and, you know, has another friend who has an Instagram account, et cetera. So that does happen. I mean, he does. One of his career aspirations is to have a YouTube channel. Oh, well, he is not alone in that. Just (laughs) a couple of years ago, there was a, I don't know if it was a Pew Research study, but there was a study about American kids and kids in China. And they asked, do you want to be a YouTuber, an influencer, or do you want to be an astronaut? And the kids in China overwhelmed chose astronaut. And I just knew that my little digital citizens here Mm -hmm. in Paris with me were going to say astronauts. And they both said influencers, YouTube influencers. And I was like, what? So it's (laughs) just that way everybody, all of your listeners can realize that, you know, it happens to all of us, but going back to your nine-year-old. So that connected conversation, just to give you what I mean, and to give you an example, it's just this idea that you literally connect with them about their conversations about how they're online connecting and how they want to connect. Mm -hmm. So this idea that he even mentioned, you know, how many followers do you have and how many likes do you have? You know, I think that at a certain point, and it's for you to judge your house, your rules. This is another thing that I always say, it will be okay to tell him your bedillion, bedillion followers. Mm -hmm. I know you have tons, oodles. (laughs) Well, I mean, compared to an actual influencer, not so much, but but you've got oodles and you can tell him, you know, that you do have oodles, but I think you can also sit there and do some critical thinking with him and say, yeah, "Yeah," and say this number might look like a lot, but you know, not everybody's talking to mommy, not everybody, you know, is liking what I'm saying, or, you know, meaning putting a like mark, you know, not everybody's talking to me. Some people might've just followed one time and they've never come back. Some people may be following all the time. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change who mommy is. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the kind of conversations that we can have where we give them the reality of what social media is. And because really it's true, they hear likes, they hear followers, and they have this sort of misguided interpretation of what it is. And we can simplify that, you know, and let them know. You can even give them examples about people who have, I don't know if it still happens now, but I know that at least five years ago, you could, you know, buy Instagram followers. You Mm -hmm. can have tons and, you know, you can let them know that happens too. You know, there's all sorts of things that's not cool. And, you know, this can happen and it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't change who mommy is, or it doesn't change mommy's message. Yeah. It's that simple. That's an example of a connected conversation. And then you kind of go into it with them about, well, why would you want to be an influencer? Since I assume he doesn't want an Instagram account right now, but you know, why would you want to have a YouTube channel and who Mm -hmm. would you want to speak to? And, and do you realize how much work is going into it? And the, and the YouTube, you know, who do you like and what do you see? And, and just because you see a 20 minute clip, you know, it took them all day to do that, (laughs) that kind of stuff, the reality. And it's the reality that adults know just because we're mature we're older, we have experience and we know that like these things don't just happen. Right. Right. I think that's so smart. And it's, I'm I'm thinking of how I've just kind of completely shut the conversation down when I brought it up. And I'm like, you're so right. Like why it doesn't serve any purpose to shut it down and to absolutely have like 
lean into his curiosity and really open the door to the conversation makes so much more sense. And then, because then that creates the space for me to put that context behind numbers to say like, these numbers don't equal actual friends or actual relationships in my life. They don't, it doesn't make me a more valuable person or more important than anyone. It, yeah. Like exactly. I mean, that's it, Sarah. And wait, let me just throw this one out at you too. So this is the same sort of thing that happens. And I get these questions a lot too, about with, when your child first sees an inappropriate image, you know, Mm, and you know what I'm talking about. about Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, do you shut down? Do you sit there and say, okay, I'm taking away all those devices. They saw like, I don't know, a topless woman or something, you know? And it's just like, wait a minute, we've got to have a conversation. And I know that we don't want to, I do not want to have those Mm -hmm. conversations either, but it's like, if you don't have them, then Mr. Google will, and your child can easily go online and ask those questions, or they can ask a friend who has mm-hmm. a smartphone or a tablet. And, you know, that's not the way that we want to go. It, this is, we really have a great chance at parenting in the digital age. And that is by connecting with them and finding out, you know, what they're doing. And even if it's something where we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they asked me that. And that's happened in my house mm-hmm. that you answer as much as you can in an age appropriate manner. I mean, a nine-year-old does not need to know about everything that's out there, but something that's age appropriate that doesn't shut the conversation down, but lets them know that, Hey, it's not for them right now, but later for sure, you know, we can go get more into it. But right now this is what they need to know. And um, that is really how we're going to create a trusted relationship with Mm -hmm. our children where they know that we're not going to take away their devices. We're not going to shut them down and we're going to keep those connected conversations going. Absolutely. Yeah. When there have been things, my son has not fallen upon anything super inappropriate at this point, like knock on wood. I'm sure it'll happen in the next 24 hours though, since I just said that. But anytime there's just been something that's been like confusing to him or whatever, that's just not necessarily appropriate or inappropriate, but just confusing. I'm always like, I'm so glad that you asked. You can always ask me when something's confusing or if it doesn't make sense, or you're not sure how you got to this website or whatever, you can always ask me, like just making sure that he knows it's always okay to ask for clarification or to ask what something means so that hopefully that will be his default if things go sideways. And if something inappropriate does end up coming up. Yes. And that's exactly it. And I think, I mean, that's really perfect that for me, that's just digital parenting and I love it. And I think that people also have to realize that something will go sideways and that's okay too. (laughs) It will. Which is then an opportunity to learn. Cause like, if that doesn't happen, then you don't have that opportunity for that conversation, for there to be that place of trust and yet that place of trust to be, to create that safe place to land when something does go. Exactly. And you're talking about landing and this whole idea for me, this is resilience, right? So this is what, I mean, this is the main thing. I mean, what's crazy is that we do it anyway in the offline world, you know, and you've seen this too. I'm sure that when your son, he fell, you're like, oh, come on, little buddy, get back up. You're fine. And you, you know, you shake it off. How, you know, what's going on? Oh, no blood. Okay. Let's just kiss it. And you're, you know, back in the game or what have you. And, you know, it's that sort of resilience of of bouncing back. I mean, obviously if if your child is truly injured, well then, you know, it's like, okay, let's go, let's go ice it and what have you. But I mean, this is what we're doing in the online world as well, is that if something happens, which means they have to take that chance, they have to go out and play soccer or whatever to fall down and get that bobo. And, you know, we have to sit there and do that. So that way we can, you know, support them. So, you know, this is it. This is what I'm, the messaging that I'm always trying to get across to parents. Can you, you mentioned a minute ago about 13 being the minimum recommended age for kids to get on social. And it sounded like from the tone, like you had some specifics around why, like some bullet points, why that's the recommended age. For those of us for, I'm imagining my child being like 10 or 11 and being like, I can't wait till I'm 13. Like, so what are the reasons so that we can have them in our back pocket when our children are harassing us. Yeah. And they will, they will harass you. So the first reason in the United States, for sure, it's because of COPPA, which is the Child Online Privacy Protection Act. And this is an act that protects children under 13 from being advertised to. Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of parents aren't even thinking about is when they hand over that tablet and they let their kid, you know, watch YouTube, et cetera, as they start watching YouTube and the algorithms pick up and the advertising starts coming in, they're able to, you know, see 
kind of who and what you are and market to you. Mm -hmm. And so that's even why little Ryan, remember, you know, Ryan Toys World, who has worth 26 million last year, I think that's even why he got in a little bit of trouble at a moment because they were saying all of those unpacking videos um, where he's unpacking toys and having the greatest time. That's a lot of, you know, marketing and Um, ad placement, you know, when you mm -hmm. see McDonald's in the background or a Coca-Cola can. And so, I mean, think back to, you know, when we were kids and it was like the after school commercials and it was like all the cereals and all that kind of stuff. And you would watch it. You're like, oh my gosh, I want some Lucky Charms too. (laughs) Always the Lucky Charms. (laughs) Always. Exactly. And then I only want the marshmallows and I wouldn't want the cereal. (laughs) So that is the reason. But what's interesting is that here in Europe is that Europe picked up on that 13 number two, and it was just kind of an arbitrary number. It's not like anything real. It's not some magical, our children become mature. It's not like a brain development stage. No okay. way. You know, neuroplasticity <laughs> and all of this stuff. still very immature. Oh yeah. They're <laughs> still, and in fact, what they've, they're now saying in the child online protection space is that if we could do it all over again, we would say 23. Not 13. Because then you have the fully developed prefrontal cortex, right? Exactly. And so that means in between these 10 year period, that's when parents really need to step in and guide and support because our kids, they just don't get it. And it's not their fault. Their brains can't do it and they can't think of it. So initially that's the reason. And so most of the social media companies are at 13 here in Europe, again, because we have the general data protection regulation, we have different ages in different countries. So for example, Germany is the most restrictive at 16, I believe. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. Imagine here I am in France and I go on vacation in Germany and my kids are like, hey, but we can't use our stuff. It's like, well, legally, no, you cannot. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, super interesting. Because yeah, 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 I mean, for those of us in the US, you're like, oh, going to Germany is really far away. But I mean, when we did, when we went to Paris, actually, we spent a few days in Luxembourg, a day in Germany. I mean, like a, and then a week in Paris. So yeah, like you can just, yep. you can just do a day trip and be like, oh, wait, we can't use that. <laughs> Unless you give parental consent to your child being online. No, no, yeah. they're not supposed to. So oh, that's super th- interesting. It, it really is. I mean, this is my world. I love this stuff. I could talk for hours. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So how can we create space for our kids to thrive in the digital environment and keep risks low then now that we're all sufficiently freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And that is never my goal, right? Oh, so I, I, know, I, not, know. <laughs> I never want to freak anybody out. Actually, I do. I want to just shake some sense into parents because they kind of feel like, well, it hasn't happened to me. It's not a big mm, deal. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 stop that. And I also think, and something I'm going to ask you to do is after we get off, uh, go talk to your nine-year-old and say, Hey, have you ever seen anything that made you say, eh? just to see, because yeah. we don't ask these questions. And so they don't tell us and they don't even think about it anymore. And what's crazy is that it's become so routine that it's like not a big deal. And this happened to me with my own, he was then 11. I can't even remember. It was a challenge. It was something. And I was like, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? He's like, oh yeah. And I was like, why didn't you tell me this is my job? I need to know these things. He's like, yeah. oh yeah. You know, the kids, yeah, it's no big deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, you yeah, know, like they're just immediately desensitized to it. They, they are really desensitized to it. And it's the same thing with like the video games, mm-hmm. you know, and not to sit there and talk about, you know, shoot them up games and that they're going to, you know, turn into mass murderers. No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that they do become desensitized yeah. after playing a lot of, of video games. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. It just means that they become desensitized. Mm-hmm. And there are studies about that. People are always trying to do the research to talk about how harmful this is because it's the same thing with heavy metal music. You know, does that something else that's, you know, creating problems with children where we don't know, <laughs> we yeah. don't know, but yeah. going back to that question about creating the space for the, our kids to thrive, it's exactly what you just said. And what we we've been talking about is creating that space for conversation. It's allowing them to see that there are opportunities out there and that you will investigate them together. And you can do that in a really simple way. Some parents, I suggest as a lawyer, I'm always like a family media agreement, you know, go get that family tech agreement, but it doesn't have to be anything, you know, so strict or draconian. It can just be, you know, Hey, listen, I know that you think internet and social media and gaming is cool. So do I, I want you to have some great opportunities. Let's work this out together. How much time do you think is good for you to play? Okay, well, that's a bit too much. So let's bring it down. And what about like, if your grades go down or what about if you were mean to grandma, what's gonna happen then? What are gonna be the consequences? If you create that space, you know, they're going to surprise you. They're going to pick themselves less rather than more. And then just to make sure that they have that open conversation to always, always come back to you. And I don't know why, but something just keeps popping up in my mind. And I wanted to mention it earlier. Have you seen the social network? Yes. 
Okay. And I think well, I'm that- like, I'm glad I saw it, but I want to unsee it <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. It's right. pretty horrifying. Yeah. But for me, it's not supposed to be horrifying, but even though it is, it's supposed to be awareness raising. And yeah, I think, yeah, it absolutely I, makes space for you to be more, a more responsible consumer. Thank you. Yeah. Because I think this is the big problem is that if more parents saw the social network yeah. or screenagers or any of these, or even mm-hmm. childhood 2.0, if they saw these types of movies and documentaries, they would say, Hmm, okay, maybe let me rethink how I'm doing this then. But it's because it's not common. You know, remember back in the day, gosh, I'm dating myself, but I remember watching, you know, Leave it to Beaver or or whatever. And that's how we would see, you know, this is what a family looks like. This is what having dinner uh, means, et cetera. So we had things on television. We don't see so much about, you know, or the Waltons. We don't see things so much on television about how to handle the digital space. We're not seeing that sort of, you know, I don't know. I love Lucy rerun about digital. And Mm -hmm. I think because we're not seeing so much of that, parents think that it doesn't exist, but those documentaries are out there and those stories are there. And those are all teachable moments for both parents and for their kids. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is supported by Talkspace. Okay. So let's be clear, there's a lot of stress that comes with this season, this time of year. And often when we get through this season or as we're working through the season, we're like, holy cow, mama needs some therapy. (laughs) And so this is a time when it's not uncommon for relationships or difficulties in relationships to really come to a head or for us to just recognize, holy cow, we need to have better boundaries in the way we manage the way we let people into our lives and the boundaries we hold around that. And so tis the season to be jolly, but sometimes it doesn't totally feel that way, right? And that is totally okay. So ease the burden that the holidays can bring on with some Talkspace online therapy. I'm a huge fan of Talkspace. I've been talking about it for, gosh, a couple years now, and I love their model. I also love how quickly you can get started. So I will tell you, anytime that I have tried to get therapy over the last 15 years, it's been such a long process of like trying to find someone and then trying to get on their schedule. And it's like, if you need to talk to someone, you need to talk to someone. You don't need help in three weeks or three months. You need help like today. So I love that Talkspace makes therapy really accessible. It is the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. So when you go to Talkspace.com, you're going to be able to quickly get started and be matched with a therapist who can serve you now. So I want you to go check out everything Talkspace has to offer. The other thing that's really great is that they have huge convenience with their live video sessions and unlimited messaging. So this allows you to have the contact that you need with your therapist and also be able to do it from your home, from your car. I'm telling you, I did a lot of therapy in the car with my therapist in 2021. So Talkspace is made for you to be able to access access it in ways that work for you wherever your life is right now. If you need a little support to help you get through the end of the year, or you want help building toward a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code SHAMELESS. That's $100 off when you use the code SHAMELESS at Talkspace.com. That's Talkspace.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So you shared with me an article that you were just featured in about shared responsibility between parents and kids in the online space. And you spoke to that just a minute ago in having those conversations around creating rules together, which I love. Can you talk a little bit about creating this culture of shared responsibility with our kids that perhaps shift us away from the policing? Because I think that's our instinct. And this is where yeah. it gets, I know we just recently decided to set up an iPad that was exclusively for my son's use. Cause we, he would just been sharing one with me and we were like, we're going to have one that's just for him. And all these things are going to be locked down and only these apps. And, like, and it took my husband weeks to do that. like, it was so, and then we were like, now we feel better. But I was like, that's like such a false sense of security. <laughs> we're like, we're safe now. And yes, there was some things that we feel good about doing, but it's also like, it's, you can police it to a certain level. It doesn't necessarily mean that he isn't going to be able to find things that could potentially be questionable or even harmful. So can you talk about creating that shared culture? Yeah, for sure. And I love your example because while you have it all perfectly locked down in your house and on that iPad, my question is what happens when he goes to the neighbors or he oh, goes 100%. on a play date or oh, this, he goes yes. and hangs out with his cousins, you know, oh, this just happened the other day. He got invited <laughs> to someone's house and I was like, I knew that part of the play date was going to be at the park. And I was like, they're only going to the park. Like, because I know at that house that those kids get to watch a totally different kinds of movies and video games and their access is just completely different. Right. And I was like, no, you're not <laughs> like you can play at the park. <laughs> But what's great though, is that, you know, that, you know, what the access is at the other house, because a lot of parents, you know, they don't even know, or they're surprised when they come back and their child is using language that is, you know, adult appropriate because they mm -hmm. saw something that they shouldn't have. So, I mean, I think that all of those things, that all of those factors go together, but just again, so this idea of shared responsibility is you mentioned policing and monitoring. And so I would say, you know, flip that and let's say shared responsibility, not about locking things down, but about getting the healthiest benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Let's look at digital well-being. Let's look at screen balance and not screen limits. Let's look yeah. at all of these things that are just, you know, the opportunities are there. Let's face it, social media, internet, online video games, they're not going away. They are just not going away. And as much right. as you try to shut them down or keep your children away from it, you know, the, the <laughs> that's out of the bag, that ship has sailed. Yeah. So, you know, the whole idea is that when you're using technology, you know, are you creating guidelines that are going to work for your family, your expectations, your values, um, you know, culturally, religious, whatever is who your family unit is, you know, this is your shared digital responsibility as a parent or a caregiver. And you do this with your child. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness. 100%. What is your post pandemic advice for moms as we shift into a world that is still pandemic present, but returning to a sense of normalcy we haven't seen in a couple of years. And I, can I add a second part? That's like a personal follow-up to that question. Yeah, sure. Sure. And this is probably not, I'm sure many people are in this space. So I think many of us have given our children a lot more, like my child has had so much more screen time that he would have ever had between the ages of seven and nine because of the pandemic, and because yes. of all of the time course. we spent home together, just us while I was working and he was doing digital learning and et cetera. So I think we're in this part of this post pandemic world is like, our kids are used to a lot of online time, a lot of screen time. And how can we like return to a sense of normalcy 
coming out of that? Okay. So I love this question because I get so, so many questions that are, you know, directed towards the digital, right? And I'm always like, just take the tech out. So, mm. you know, it, just because we're talking about iPads and screens, this is not any different than any other parenting moment or issue. So let's flip it again. And let's talk about something that we all know, a holiday dinner, right? Or vacation. And you have just shoved everything in your face. (laughs) You have eaten Mm -hmm. everything that you shouldn't have. You feel sick. You know, you shouldn't have done that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and just wallow in it and say, okay, well, you know, I just ate like a whole box of Krispy Kremes. I'm going to keep on doing it. Of course not. You're going to return to a sense of normalcy. You're going to try to look again for that balance and you're going to figure it out. You're going to say, okay, so maybe it's not going to be 12 a day. I'm going to go down to 10 and then eventually eight. And maybe that right balance is, you know, four donuts a day. And it's the same thing with screens. We've all gone crazy with our screens, myself included. And I really want to stress that all the time that I'm probably like, if you go to see a nutritionist, <laughs> and I'm talking about Krispy Kremes and I don't know why I'm like, I'm this fetish, probably because I live in Paris, right? And we do not have Krispy Kreme here. Um, <laughs> Well, but, it's a um, relevant example since we do have it here. So. There you go. Thank you. So it's like, I am that nutritionist who's going to be healthy. I'm going to be the one where you come in and see me and you're going to be like, well, okay. I was expecting, you know, I don't know her to look like Twiggy or something. And she looks healthy. She looks good. And she's eating a donut for goodness sake. So this is how I feel about this whole parenting world. I mean, I have issues in my house too. We all do. We always will. And it's just, you know, how we deal with them. This is the challenge, just like a nutritionist, you know, they might want chocolate and donuts too, but it's like, how do they deal with it? Well, they're going to opt for eating balanced food you are going to opt for balance in your screen time. Less is always more. If you can have your children off of the screens, out of the house, that we all know that that is quote better. And really it will always be those types of offline experiences are just invaluable only because for the child's development and for a teen's development and for a young person's development, as far as, you know, meeting and speaking and dealing with other friends and colleagues, it's just, it's something with eye to eye contact with a shared laugh that is different, but it doesn't mean that we can't still do these things with internet and technology. And let's face it, you know, zoom and Microsoft teams, they saved the world in Mm -hmm. the, the past two years. Yeah. But you know, we can cut back eventually. I mean, look at us, we're talking right now and we probably wouldn't have done this two years right. ago. Right. And it's right. great. I love so, that perspective. And yeah. this is your example around the Krispy Kremes is so funny. Cause I was, in the fit- <laughs> I was in the fitness industry for many years and I would always say to people, I would say, it's not about like throwing all the donuts away and then just sitting there and with this vacuum of space of like, but I just want the donuts and the donuts aren't there. It's really about what do you put in that space so that you are not creating a vacuum, this vacuum effect, but instead there's other things that fill that space. So you don't notice that donuts are missing. And so with, I agree with that online component is like, if we're outside X amount of hours a day, and if we're having family time at this time, and if we're doing game, you know, like board games or card games or whatever, like you're filling, we're walking the dog, we're cooking together. If we're filling the plate with all these other things, there's just less time for the screen time to happen naturally, rather than saying, and now you can only have 30 minutes a day and go, you're on your own to figure out how to fill like the other, you know, 16 hours that you're awake. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I love how you flipped it too. I mean, that's what we're talking about, you know, filling your plate with all of the other things first. And then you don't even think about, you know, the screen, you're like, whatever, who cares? It becomes a non-issue. Just like, you know, if you've already eaten all your fruits and vegetables and seeds and a little bit of poultry and whatever, you know, who cares if you have the chocolate cake or that Krispy Kreme, because you've already eaten all the healthy stuff and you probably won't want that much of it anyway. And it's the same thing with screens, you know, just because you You've already been fulfilled with hanging out with your friends or, you know, hanging out with grandma or what have you. So we are on the same wavelength. (laughs) I love love it. it. Love it. Okay. Elizabeth, tell us how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. Oh my goodness. I don't know. What does that mean? You know, so many people ask what it means. And my answer is not helpful. My answer is whatever you want it to be. (laughs) So whatever, so some people it's like all about their parenting. Other people it's other moms are like, oh, it's about how I'm taking care of myself. And with, you know, with no, no regard, but like not thinking about my kids all the time. So whatever it means to you is whatever lands for you in this moment. There's no right or wrong. I wouldn't think you would set me up with a right or wrong answer and say, (laughs) ding, 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 Elizabeth, you're off the show now. No, no, no. Gosh, that is so difficult. I would probably say that it really is just giving myself permission. And that is something that I have had a hard time to doing, whether it was professionally or personally, you know, always wanting to give and to do for other people. And so now I'm giving myself permission to, to say no, 
giving myself permission to say yes, just giving myself permission. And I think that is really how I'm showing up. Yeah. Shameless. Yeah. That's right. Shameless mom. That's me. I I say yes. I also want to say that you are recording this with your is it your 12 year old who's sitting in my 14 year old? Yeah. 14 year old in the room with you. I think it's also shameless that you are sitting in your office with your child and doing this flawless interview and you have your kids sitting right there, like watching you be in your element and teaching and educating on the things that are most important to you. I think that's being a shameless mom too. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. And you know what though? He is like my biggest fan and he's also my biggest cheerleader helping me with, you know, like what's happening. You know, he's like, mommy, let's do a TikTok channel. So I started a TikTok channel, you know, and and talking to kids as digital safety mom and just only to the kids, you know? And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. He is wearing headphones, so he can't really hear that I'm saying these great things about him. (laughs) He can just see though. He can see and feel the love. I love it. Okay. Tell Yes, Elizabeth, this has been amazing. And I know people are going to want to know where they can connect with you, where they can find your resources and all the good stuff. So tell people where to go to connect with you. Yeah. So I think that first of all, I'm going to, like I mentioned to you before, I'm going to put together just a little link for shameless moms, because I think it's really important to share the lab and just, you know, a huge PDF of some of my like goodies and freebies, just because I think that just dive into some of that reading stuff, even if it's just like going to see the social network. And then, you know, to see me, to talk to me, just go to my website, which is digitalum.org. You can also find me on Instagram at digiparentcoach. And actually you can find me on every social media platform and even in most games, Minecraft, Roblox, Fortnite as, oh, and Pokemon Go. Yeah. As Digi Parent Coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because of course I got to play with my kids. I got to test oh it all gosh. out. I love it. You are like <laughs> then, such the model parent. I'm like, please don't oh. make me play Pokemon Go. Oh my God. <laughs> Sarah, I'm going to tell you the secret. Grab a glass of wine on a Friday night with pizza. And then you just play one game and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is kind of cool. And it's, you know, it's not so stressful. And the kids Maybe. love it. And if, even if you're no good, it doesn't matter. And even if you don't want a glass of wine, you know, go get a piece of chocolate and just sit there and enjoy the moment of them laughing at you, trying to show you how to do it and say, okay, mom, you can jump up and down in Minecraft. And that's how you say hi. And they will laugh forever. Oh, I was going to just bring up Minecraft. I tried <laughs> to be a really good mom and learn Minecraft during the pandemic. And it was yeah. so painful. But did <laughs> but you I jump up and down? pair it with wine. So oh. I need to pair up with wine and learn how to jump up and down. <laughs> when you do, you let me know and we'll play. I will, uh, definitely. Yeah. And the last place I was going to say where people can just come if they want to connect with me directly or they want to talk with other parents and just see what they're doing is just to hop over to my Facebook community, the Digital Parenting Community. And you know, if you have a question about parental controls or TikTok or whatever the latest challenge is, whether it's in the United States or in Europe, actually, I've got parents from all over. We will help you out. That's what we do. We roll like that. And the Facebook group is called Digital Parenting Community. Yep. That's it. So we'll have everything linked up in the show notes. So your um, Digital AM is, or Digital M, D I D I T A L. Digital. The word digital and then my initials, E M. Oh, I didn't even put together those. Okay. So digital E M. And then Digi Parent is D I G I, Parent Coach. Yep parent coach. Okay. So we'll link everything up in the show notes. I'm just saying it all out loud for those of you who want to go right now and don't want to click through and you just want to go dig for things, oh, uh, but we'll link everything do. in the show notes. So people, if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode here with Elizabeth Milovidov. Did I say it right? You know, you did. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not phonetically Milovidov. Okay. Everybody does. It's hysterical. Uh, my my maiden name it? was Hunter and it's just like, gosh, <laughs> I went from so, Hunter to Milovidov. <laughs> I, I went from Sutherland to Dean. Cause I was like, Sutherland's too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I like I it. it. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. This has been so fun and we've learned so much. So thank you for all the ways that you've made this information really accessible. And also you've taken, I think some of maybe the nerves away and some of the stigma away and some of the ways where we might just be really hard on ourselves. You've taken that out of this conversation in order for us to just feel more empowered. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, please. The pleasure was mine. Thank you for your energy and your community. And the next time I'm putting it out here right now, next in-person retreat, shameless mom Academy. I'm there. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Love, love, love. <laughs> there <laughs> Thank we you, go. Elizabeth. You're welcome. Bye. Mamas, before I let you go, if you didn't already do it, go get yourself signed up for my 2022 plan and prep pajama party. Go to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party to get yourself signed up today. And I'll see you on January 15th. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. Mm-hmm.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.